0: Drop one on, it's time to jam!
1: right we're mixing it up a bit we we're like let's take a little bruce break and talk about tim allen sitcoms that ran for 10 years apparently i had no idea last man standing hung on for that long that is absolutely insane
0: it's uh, i think it's safe to say it's sitting in my media server i don't think i'll be watching it because my husband did not understand
1: the the goal you don't want to see tim allen Spend 22 minutes every week going like, why are women around? Because I think that's the entire joke of that show. It sounds like it like Tim Allen seeing a dude in the mall holding a purse and going, and that's like the big joke of the episode. Probably.
0: Does he have like, is is he meant to have like daughters and that's his thing. And like, he hates women. So like, well, I think he's got daughters is gross. Well, I think the whole
1: concept of the show is, you know, he's basically probably just playing his home improvement character again. And he's, you know, married and has a bunch of girls and there's no sons around. So he's probably just like, Hey, I want to build a shed and, Then the girls will be like, well, I like unicorns. And he'll be like, oh, looks like I'm the last man standing. And then the audience will go nuts. I assume I've never seen a single second of footage from that show, but
0: I didn't know that it existed.
1: I have to believe that that's every single joke. Oh, there's there's tampons in the garbage again. (laughs) Fucking Tim Allen. Oh, no, we're actually talking about the 1996 Walter Hill directed Last Man Standing. Um, it's apparently, I, well, I, I mean, I see it now. I haven't seen Yojimbo in a while, but is it is a retelling of Yojimbo, uh, which it also like a fistful of dollars was also a remake of Yojimbo, or at least like a retelling of the same story, which is basically dude comes into town where there's two rival gangs, and he kind of works both sides to his advantage, and yeah, so that's that's uh, where uh, Jimbo was a samurai movie. Fistful of Dollars was a western. This is
0: this doesn't know what it is.
1: Yeah, it's it feels like a western in terms of aesthetics, and you know, there's actually like literally a do like a draw at one point, but then also a lot of the movie is Bruce Willis doing the the noir like oh the dame walked into my oh, and I could like that kind of thing it's weird it's, it doesn't work so Bruce Willis plays Last Man Standing <laughs> which is what we're going to be referring to him as this entire episode so get ready Who he never
0: gives his real name anyways so Last Man Standing is yeah, perfect
1: he says it's John Smith but it's Last Man Standing he's a He's a drifter who rolls into this small Western-esque Prohibition-era town. And there's two gangs who are doing the the whiskey, doing doing the booze, bringing the booze in. And he's like, well, there's some easy money to be made here. I'll just get them to hire me to do stuff and I'll work all the angles and shoot a bunch of people and have sex with Judd Apatow's wife and call it a day. How do I don't they even if-
0: make money? There's like three people living in this town besides the gangs. Like, who are they? Who are they I mean, running s- the alcohol to?
1: I, other towns, I guess. Yeah, but
0: they're in the that middle of is- bumfuck nowhere. And no one seems to go anywhere. Except maybe what's his name? Hickey?
1: Yeah, Christopher Watkins. Chicago. Yeah, and they go to Mexico a couple times.
0: they're getting the booze from mexico they're not bringing booze to Mexico. yeah but that shows
1: that they're willing to go places so maybe there's a neighboring like oh we'll go over to you know new falls they want bourbon maybe do a new falls run the movie isn't about the logistics (laughs) of their prohibition alcohol era prohibition era alcohol activities it's just a. It's about a bunch of Italian guys eating giant piles of spaghetti and going, hey, oh, hey, hey, oh.
0: And doing the really, like, super stereotypical chin flick. Yeah. Fuck you. Like, oh, it's so
1: bad. Oh, if me if my mama was here, she'd give you a smack up the side of the head. Like, it's one small step away from that. Mama made lots of pasta tonight, Luigi. Oh, last man standing is here again. <laughs> it's... hey Lasman, let's go
0: wow that
1: was not bad <laughs> I That's mean I don't know nice. he, he, yeah he rolls into town and the people are like you better move on and then to your point he immediately stab his tire so he can't move on it's like well your plan is flawed but and then he goes to the sheriff and the sheriff's like you best get the fuck out of here and then instead of doing that he rolls into the saloon, establishes dominance by shooting a guy with his magic bullets because he has two pistols in this movie where anytime anyone is shot by them, they go flying through the air Uh, like they were hit with a cannonball, which is definitely my favorite part of the movie.
0: Yeah, it was the highlight for sure.
1: It opens fair. The opening is strong. He rolls in, you know, he's he's that quiet, brooding Bruce Willis that we all know and love where he's, you know, keeps to himself. He's very quiet. Everyone's like, oh, fuck this guy. We know, we know, Sam, what he's capable of. And so when he first shoots the guy who just goes like flying out the saloon doors and rolling out into the road, it's like, oh, goddamn. This movie might rule. And then not long after, they like the the bad guys are one side. There's like everyone's basically a bad guy in this movie, really. Hire uh, Leslie Mann uh, to sleep with him. And it's actually, you know, just a ploy to distract him with sex so that bad guys could shoot him while he's naked. But he's like everyone else is super incompetent at shooting because he has a good five seconds to de-penetrate and shoot some fools with guns he did not have on his person. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. It's another strong, like, like Bruce got bear. It's Bruce, a fun moment, yeah. Bear Bruce butt. Like, it's very rare to see a mid-sex shootout, except for the movie "Shoot 'Em Up," which is quite literally they are having sex in the middle of a shootout. But if you haven't seen "Shoot 'Em Up," everybody go check that out. You think I'm exaggerating? I'm not. The sex continues during the shootout. So, like that, that's a little bit of fun, but then it just gets more into the. The playing both sides stuff and it's, it's a lot of the same things I think we're going to say here that we said about Mercury Rising where they just they don't really do anything with that idea and we know it can be done because Yojimbo and A Fistful of Dollars exist and those are great movies this has little flourishes but and like then Christopher Walken comes in as a dude with a big scar on his face and he's always talking like this so that's fun. And he takes down a bunch of people with a Tommy gun. So that's fun.
0: Basically yeah. like his entire character personality is just he's got a Tommy gun and he shoots at everyone including his side of of things. So Which is
1: fine with me. Yeah. We don't see enough Tommy guns in movies. Although again, it was impossible to when he was impossible not to think when he's standing there firing a Tommy gun and laughing. It's impossible not to think of like get the hell off my property, guy, which just kind of made me laugh. But it's impossible not to picture Christopher walking going I believe you but my Tommy God don't and then there's this this uh, there's a like a I, I, well actually I think initially he stops because I, he sees a like a woman who is deemed as property of one of the bad guys Doyle I think there's what there's yeah. Doyle and then there's it starts with a s mm-hmm. Strazi,
0: Strazi, yeah
1: so it's like oh that's Doyle's girl and so she's Kind of part of the plot, where he's it's like not as much of part of the plot as maybe you would expect. I don't. Know, it's not really worth sitting here and recounting the story. One, because I don't know if, even if I could. But he just
0: he keeps swapping sides, and I don't understand why either side still trusts him after like the second or third time. Like at that point, they just deserve whatever's coming to them for trusting him because. I mean, I guess until near the end, he's never really found out for, like, double crossing. But at the same time, it's like, he's got intel that he probably shouldn't have if he hadn't double crossed you. And also his intel is leading to a lot of your people getting killed. So at some point, do you not make that connection? There's a ranger who comes in and tells him, like, he'll give him a reward if he clears out one side. And then that's never it never factors into the plot again. He, like, asks about it at one point later in the movie, but, like, it doesn't matter at yeah, all.
1: Everyone's dead, and he's already the last man standing. Yeah, he is, like, the, the Hickey, which is the Christopher Walken character, goes back down to Mexico, and they kill some people down there, and they kill a, like, a, like, a border patrol officer, and so then this, not the sheriff, the corrupt sheriff kind of becomes a good guy by, good guy by the end. It's, like, a texas ranger or something comes in is like i'm looking into the dead border patrol guy and if you got 10 days or i'm just gonna show back up and murder all of you and then none of that really matters it's like whatever because we already know based on the title of the movie that that won't be a problem
0: yeah i i didn't even make the connect like i didn't i don't know i looked down for two seconds and i came back and there was a ranger there and i didn't understand why but i also didn't care
1: yeah, he the was spot. there because Hickey went down to Mexico and killed a border patrol. So then the t- Texas Ranger yeah. showed up and basically was like, I'm getting pretty tired of this shit. So either you get this sorted or I'm coming back in a week and a half and killing all of you. Yeah, that's fair. Unless you take down one, I'm taking down everybody. And then he fucks off and it doesn't matter. And then there's a there's another woman who, who Straussi cuts her ear off because she slept with Bruce Willis.
0: Yeah. Apparently she thought that would end well for her yeah disclosing that she had slept with him because it's she doesn't a... he doesn't find out she tells him and then is surprised when the man who has consistently been beating the crap out of her then beats the crap out of her and takes her ear so yeah quite the power move that she was expecting i don't think it's sean it wasn't a good movie
1: it wasn't that good they torture bruce willis at the end because they're like where's that doyle's girl at mm. And then even on the brink of death, he still manages to overcome that and shoot a whole lot of people.
0: He's not even aiming at no point in this movie. Does he aim? He just like fires at whatever. Like he's there's no aiming. You cannot convince me that he's literally just doing this. I mean, like, obviously, people can't see me. I'm just waving my hands around. That is how he's aiming the gun. And yet he hits people with every single bullet. He has like unlimited bullets for his like 1920s guns.
1: Well, my favorite part of that is he doesn't have the guns by the end, but then the sheriff's like, Here, this is all the help I'm going to give you. Here's a couple of guns. And we don't see him hand over any ammunition. He just hands him the two guns and Bruce Willis takes off. But then he, when he's shooting everybody, he reloads at least 18,000 times. Yeah. Which, I, hey, I do appreciate you know that what?
0: eventually they make him reload, but like it's after he's fired approximately 2,000 bullets.
1: And I don't even care about any of that because not aiming and killing a bunch of people, that's just good ass action movie logic. Like that's Rambo logic where you just stand still and fire around you and it'll take, it was commando logic, basically.
0: Yeah, but it's fun in commando. It's not fun here. It's just stupid.
1: I don't know. I thought that sequence was pretty good just for the Mm -hmm. same reason of lots of like just every actor in that scene had 10 blood squibs attached to them and they're all just exploding all the time and they're when they get shot they don't fall to the ground they like fly back and smash into the back of a wall or through a window or down some stairs and that's how i want it so that yeah. stuff i enjoyed
0: i did also get a good chuckle when they come into like the safe house and they're like this must have taken at least 15 to 20 of Strazzi's men and it was like just bruce willis yeah so like that gave me a chuckle it was about the only one in the movie but
1: yeah yeah exactly not a lot of humor it's not trying to have a lot of humor so i'm not going to hold that against it um it's like same with mercury rising it's not meant to not meant to be not meant to be jokes but
0: there's no levity at all though in this one like there's just just it's just i don't know i was bored i was so bored
1: i feel bad just kind of rehashing a lot of the same stuff we said about mercury rising but it just feels like A very by the number again, very by the but well weird because if you're like yo jimbo and fistful of dollars are both considered you know all-time classics. So if you're gonna take on that story to the point where you're even crediting Akira Kurosawa in the opening credits, you better bring the heat. And they did not bring the heat outside of a couple of those sequences. And again, it's it's a lot of the issues that I mentioned with Mercury rising is just you got to go two ways with it. It either has to be, he's just so in control of the situation and so cool to watch, which is kind of the fistful of dollars approach that I, I haven't seen that movie in a while, but just watching someone completely own the situation top to bottom and being like, man, this guy is so cool. Like the Mandalorian or get some like oh when are they going to figure out like he's playing this side and oh shit he got caught and they figured it out and what's going to happen but they don't go far enough in either direction to make it interesting
0: they don't really like establish bruce's personality like really at all except that you know he gets told you know if he's going to go down it's going to be over a dame or whatever and i think they say over it's going to be over a skirt
1: because that's the language that we're using that's how they talk in this movie (laughs) And like that's hey pass really passing the motor to meet the balls, eh? Oh
0: my god, yeah, Giorgio, like he's just screaming. The man has no inside voice.
1: Nope.
0: What's he doing here? What are we doing with that? Like, oh my god, fucking chill, guy. Like, lower your voice. This is not a screaming situation.
1: Hey, oh, hey, 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 what's.
0: Oh. Oh, it was, the, it was the chin the, the chin hand gesture. <laughs> he does it like three times in the span of like a 30 second scene. Like,
1: wh- why? Well, the director oh. put on Mario 64 and said, do it like uh. this. <laughs> so that's where our performances came from. I feel like oh. I've opened the last man standing tab. Like three, here we go. Uh, director Walter Hill said that he and Bruce Willis were not close when we did the film. But I liked working with him. It was impersonal. Classic. I know what you mean. You want me to be a Bogart Mitchum kind of guy and I said exactly, let it happen. And I think I think it's kind of a different I like, you know, noir noir Bruce.
0: I liked Okay, I liked the noir thing, but the problem is is that it can't decide what genre it wants to be. Like we said, it's as if the music director and whoever wrote the monologue narration were told that this was a noir but no one else was given the memo, and they have like these two weird movies that can't decide what genre they want to be. It's got like western elements, but like set too late. But then also like the town—I—I I don't know. I don't know much about small towns in like the 1920s and 30s. Maybe that's what they looked like, but it looked like something out of a western set, like a hundred years before prohibition. So I just—it nothing fit together. Like the characters, the music was.
1: The I think when
0: he said it sounded like someone was just stepping on instruments, which yeah, was not it was inaccurate.
1: Weird. It did, yeah. It sounded like a bagpipe just deflating.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it was not. I don't know. I didn't enjoy this one, and like, it was going in with like already me not having the highest hopes because it's just not really a genre that I like. You know, Western gangster noir, like the none of those things are really things that like are super up my alley. So I was already maybe a little biased against it, but then it, it didn't do anything interesting within the parameters of those genres anyways. So it just, I don't know. wasn't a fan.
1: No, it was not. Yeah. Like I said, it comes alive at the end and I like Bruce in the movie and there's moments here and there where, but it's just a lot of, uninteresting characters doing a lot of uninteresting things for an hour and 40 minutes
0: for the record Giorgio went on to be in this like one of I think the main characters in the Sopranos so clearly his his acting was
1: accurate and no one in the movie is giving a bad performance I would say
0: no no I mean I like the barman I don't remember his name but he made me he he was kind of you know
1: yeah Bruce Dern is the sheriff I liked him he is sort of an arc between like, I'm just going to ignore all this shit to like, all right, fine, let's do something.
0: Yeah, he was enjoyable. But, there's, you know, his like deputy who just listens real good, but like doesn't talk. Kind there's
1: potential. And apparently there's like a a 40 minute longer version, which I know doesn't sound appealing, but apparently does <laughs> kind of flesh things out more and tell a little bit more of like a story versus this, which does kind of have a feel of, you know, maybe they just chop, 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 throw in some action signals. We got to get out of here.
0: Well, it's kind of like what you said about Mercury rising too, right? Like there's no tension. It's very like point A to point B back to point A, back to point B, back to point A, back to point B. This time we're going to point C. Now we're back to point. It just kept, I don't know, it felt super repetitive because it was just him going back and forth between the two gangs, but like nothing ever really comes of it. Until, you know, he helps Doyle's girl get away, which, like, really has nothing to do with the overall plot, except that, like, Doyle stole this woman from, you know, her family in Mexico, basically. Like, she, I think he said he won her in, like, a poker game or something.
1: Something like that.
0: So, I mean, I don't know. I didn't well, care. I just didn't care.
1: Let's see how it did. Uh, we're kind of also in line with the... uh Rotten Tomatoes, which is a little higher, 39. Hmm. Roger Ebert gave it a one. It's kind of the only thing that's highlighted in this. He called it a desperately cheerless film. Which... Yeah. Yeah. He's Um, not wrong. Let's see how it performed when it opened September 20th, 1996. It opened against the First Wives Club, which opened in number one, followed by Last Man Standing in second. Then... Uh, All previous releases, Fly Away Home, Maximum Risk, Bulletproof, First Kid, Tin Cup, A Time to Kill, Independence Day, still hanging in there. I forgot how much goddamn money that movie made. Jesus. And The Rich Man's Wife. At that point, Independence Day was at $290 million, and that's 1996 bucks.
0: I don't think I've seen that one either.
1: I haven't seen it in a while. Can't promise it holds up. I have another podcast where we can find out <laughs> week after first wise club barely loses any money stays in number one, then extreme measures, which I think is like a Michael Keaton thriller where he's like a prisoner. And this dude needs this. needs an organ from him and he escapes something like that.
0: Not with you, Grant.
1: No, maybe. I
0: don't know. Hang on.
1: Then last man standing goes from second to third. Then two days in the valley, fly away home, independence day, bulletproof, first kid, maximum risk, tin cup.
0: It is indeed Hugh Grant and Gene
1: Hackman. Oh, what am I thinking of then?
0: I don't know, but it is desperate. I'm
1: thinking of desperate measures.
0: I think you've combined the two because, yeah, it's a British doctor working at a hospital in New York, starts making unwelcome inquiries when the body of a man who died in his emergency room disappears.
1: Okay, yeah. And desperate measures is about an honest police officer who desperately needs to save his son's life. And then it sounds like Michael Keaton is the prisoner who has like the organ he needs, but then he escapes. So Andy Garcia has to chase down Michael Keaton.
0: I bet that he was getting his organ from Gene Hackman. And that's the, it's it's a sequel.
1: Here we go. October 4th, First Wives Club still in first place, followed by the uh, uh, nearing the end of allowing Steven Seagal movies to go in theaters with The Glimmer Man. I think that was the last time we let him do that. That Thing You Do, and the third Mighty Ducks movie. Then Extreme Measures, Two Days in the Valley, Last Man Standing, down to seventh place, Independence Day, Big Night, and Bulletproof. So I feel like this is probably the last kick in the can for Last Man Standing, yup. As, ooh, October 11th, with a couple of bangers, The Ghost in the Darkness opens in first, knocking out The First Wives Club. Then The Long Kiss Goodnight, The Chamber, That Thing You Do, D3, The Mighty Ducks glimmer extreme measures flyway home independence day and down in 13th 14th is last man standing which only made about 17 million dollars so there you go that's last man standing yep now yeah. we get to pick a number
0: oh yes we do i was not prepared i forgot i feel like we've been picking them <laughs> offline so frequently we have yeah, been I'm it's rusty. the first one we've done
1: live in a while
0: How many move, how many movies do we have?
1: Um 35. And I don't wow. think I need to add any. So oh yes, wait, I do. Oh no. 30, there's, 30, 30, there's 36. <laughs> I need to add one. There we go.
0: Okay, shut up, tap away.
1: I guess this is as good a time as any to say that what will, it looks to be Bruce Willis's final film assassin previously known as soul assassin has a trailer and a release date of March 31st. And unless there's a detective night trilogy waiting in the wings, I think that's it.
0: Yeah. That's sad.
1: That is sad. I miss the days where I would write every couple of days, like knock, knock. And you'd know that meant another Willis movie was announced. <laughs>
0: the time that four movies got announced while we were recording that was, that was amazing good time uh it stopped on 12 i've stopped trying to keep track of which ones we've done because i'm not organized
1: we have not done 12 first kill Okay. which at this point i'm disconnected enough from a lot of the direct video stuff that that might be the hayden christensen one
0: Ah, i dropped my phone sorry
1: let's see i'm gonna go to rotten tomatoes for first kill
0: I shall do letterboxed.
1: Oh, I spelled it Frist Krill. It's not (laughs) going to get much. Uh, There it is. It is indeed Hayden Christensen. So this is a 2017 one. 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. Scroll right past the plot. First kill is a clunker. Ooh, but Richard Roper liked it.
0: Oh, that's get, something. Get
1: the eight outs Pinot Pinot Noir. Settle in and have some mindless fun. Maybe I'll do exactly that, Richard Roper.
0: I'm guessing it's going to be, by the way, another cop action, potentially with like a siege or a hostage.
1: Oh, I forgot we yes the plots. Yeah, we haven't done um, that. God damn it! First kill could be anything.
0: I, I have unfortunately seen that there's a child involved, so I'm guessing that he's protecting the kid because it okay, seems yep. to be a very Bruce thing.
1: That's what I'm going to say, too, except it's Hayden Christensen protecting the kid and Bruce Willis is the sheriff. His
0: Yeah, or like his mentor or something that like yeah. he calls occasionally for advice. That's very Yeah, I don't think Bruce will be involved enough to be directly protecting the kid.
1: Let's go over to Amazon and see <laughs> if this is a movie your dad would like. Once again, I spelled it frist. What is going on today?
0: Uh, the, let's see. Reviews on Letterbox while we're doing that. Uh, one star It's generic in every sense of the word.
1: It actually has a 4.4 average on Amazon. And I will point out the Blu-ray, which is currently $11.99, is showing three in stock with no indication they're going to get more. Hmm. So this is maybe your one of your last chances. Also, reprisal is only $6.99. So get on that. I might have to buy that. It's so dumb. Uh, Four stars. Really good. A good movie. Simple with lots of suspense. The film is one of those under the radar ones. Get it cheap and you won't be disappointed. And then he starts to talk about the plot.
0: One and a half star. Insipid, generic, irrelevant, essential keys to sync any thriller and pretty much any movie in general. Okay, well.
1: Four stars. Good. Five stars. But this is just talking... (laughs) But the uh, third party Delivery. seller they bought it from Who is a great place to buy from No BS, just honest good service uh, This person's talking about the plot Skip, skip Four stars. stars Reasonable movie
0: Two stars Props to the editor for making me think I had a stroke Every ten minutes, that's promising Half a star, I thought this was The thing with those lesbian femme vampires What movie is he talking about?
1: I uh, One that we should definitely check out yeah, lots of people talking about the story so i have to really tread lightly on, on amazon here
0: yeah i've only found one five star and it was uh spoiler blocked so
1: <laughs> one star very bad from badder Badder is spelled b-a-d-d-e-r-r-r so make of that what you will um I'm
0: trying really hard to find like anything approaching a good review on Letterboxd. There's a few three stars, they're all spoiler blocked.
1: Yeah, I'm into like the, f- the the French reviews now, so I'm just gonna call it there. Head on over to IMDB and then
0: eh, three-star. Back on my bullshit with generic action films, but you know what? I enjoyed it. That's fair.
1: It's got a five on IMDB. Okay. Hayden Christensen on the cover really looks like um. Someone said Topher Grace. No, oh, kind of, but what's the dude's name from Billions? It starts with a D.
0: Oh, a uh, Damien Lewis.
1: Yeah. On the cover of First Kill, like the poster, he looks a lot like Damien Lewis.
0: Mm, I don't see it, but I also don't see Topher Grace.
1: I also, well, you could be looking at different posters, though. So That's true, too. That's true. Um, questionable from the outset is the first review but again lots of plot talk three six 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 three five four two six wow three are some harsh critics out there it wasn't one i would watch again but it was enjoyable enough i had a Uh,
0: five star and i've lost it
1: eight good film
0: here, five stars. Good movie with all the action and suspense you would expect. Bruce is good as usual. I like it when they talk nicely about Bruce and not speculating about him being broke, especially now
1: Yeah, that I mean we so. know what we
0: know. Those just make me sad.
1: Nine, action movie. Pretty <laughs> decent film.
0: What now, I like this.
1: Yes, some may say it's the same old stuff, but it's not really. Plus, you want to watch an action film that has action in and then a bit of story that has few twists and turns here and there. I keep seeing a lot of people reference that the opening is super good, and I don't want to see more about why I'm just mm. I'm curious, but like a lot, even the bad reviews have said it has a very good opening.
0: OK, I'm intrigued.
1: Yeah, I'm ready to get back to this stuff because Lay the Favorite was direct video, but doesn't count. So technically, it's been a while, like White Elephant, I think might have been the last
0: and Lay the Favorite oh, shit.
1: Yeah, like. The last three
0: have just not been good.
1: No, I refer to these always as rounds. Like when we do a a direct video and then the two theatricals, that's one round, and it was a bad round. (laughs) Like we came off of like with with Die Hard and White Elephant. Like we came off a really strong one there. It was like Twelve Monkeys, Die Hard, and White Elephant. I think
0: something like that. Yeah. Did we count Die Hard? I think we didn't. Did we? I don't don't remember remember
1: now. I think it was weird. We because it went up early. I did no. I'm not getting into that stuff, but.
0: I don't know. It was like I, a bonus episode that wasn't a bonus episode.
1: I am ready for another one of these for sure at this point. Like, ask me again after first kill how I feel. <laughs> but right now I am so ready for another, like, Bruce is in it, but not really. This is a Hayden Christensen movie. Here we go.
0: I'm just, I'm, my only hope is that it's better than the other. Like, first word kill. So. Yeah. like hard kill it can't it can't be worse it can't sean we, we've, said it can't.
1: we've said that no, before we've said that i
0: refuse to accept that it. it cannot be we've worse We've
1: said that before also yeah now, last... I, th- now oh, I think oh. it's like fourth worst
0: uh, yeah i think it's third i think there's airstrike and
1: Fortress actually might...
0: yeah okay yeah it's third it's still down there uh our last round, by the way, was White Elephant, Die Hard as a bonus episode, 12 Monkeys, and The Last Boy Scout was the
1: one. That's that. a fucking yeah, that banger a of lineup. a run. Holy shit.
0: But then we I should... mean the the previous one got us Look Who's Talking, A Day to Die North, and Look Who's Talking Too. So. Yeah.
1: So not Could go either best. way. Could yeah. go either way. So I feel like this one's definitely gonna be like I don't know. For it'll be like first kill, beavis a butthead in the sixth sense.
0: I don't want to watch Beavis and Butthead. I so do. I'm so I know unstra- you do. I'm I know so you
1: do. not And it's like 78 minutes and we're going to be in and out.
0: Okay. I can appreciate that aspect of it. First kill is like an hour and 37. Which is fine. So, yeah, that's acceptable.
1: So first kill is next. So get ready for that. As we dip our toes back into the directed video water, uh, get out there, watch some Willis. It's never a better time to celebrate the man's work as we've just gone through with that list, like literally as we've been doing spin a wheel, chances are good. You're going to land on something that you should watch. Probably, and,
0: probably just exclude North from that wheel though.
1: Yeah. And that's not a Bruce Willis movie technically. So that's no. fine.
0: He was, a, he's the best part of the movie.
1: And I feel like even something like last man standing, sit down with your dad and watch it together. I bet your dad would like it.
0: He'll fall asleep sitting up and he'll do that. Like dad snore like that.
1: Yeah. And then he'll, it'll be be like, mm, he'll be fine. He'll be well rested. I miss bed. Yep. Uh, So, yeah, keep celebrating those Willises. That's our new tagline now.
0: Yep, that works.
1: All right. Bye, everyone.